What series are we talking about again? We're on the series called Go. Yes, gave, gave you a big hint, trying to help you out there. I knew it had been a, a whole week, seven days. Go series. We're looking at, at three places in the New Testament where G, G, Jesus gives the command to go. It's not a, a challenge where, man, I hope you do this, but it's a command, go. It means do it. That, that's what we need to be a part of. Last week we were in the book of Luke. Yep. <laughs> but I love the book of James. And, um, and, and the book of Luke is written by Luke, who is a, he was a what? By trade? Physician. That's right. Doctor. Dot, dot, Dr. Luke. And he was on a... Uh, Missionary, that's right. Good, y'all, 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 y'all didn't go go for that mean trick I did last time. So um, th- we're in the book, the book of Luke, uh, but we're not in the book of Luke tonight. We're in the book of John. John is a very close, close friend of G- G- Jesus. We're going to talk more about that. But first of all, I have a story. Oh no, one of these stories. And I will say say this from this story. Um, I mean, y'all need to understand. I I I um, put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ when I was about sixteen, going into my twelfth grade year. This is probably a couple years before that, like two years before that. So I wasn't a believer at the time. Um, my my kids, if you do this, I'll pound you. Um, so I love you. Um, so. When I was, I, I had a friend, and it's, you know you're getting old when you're like, ah, what was his name again? <laughs> and I can't remember his name. It's like John or something. Was it John? We'll, we'll call him John. I had this friend named John. It wasn't a close friend, but it's, it's bad. You ever, you ever have like, Kids on, on, on your street, we don't mean to, but we sort of rank the ones we sort of like to hang out with. And when three of them aren't there, you go to the fourth one, you know, because <laughs> nothing left to do. John was that kid. John was just tr- trouble and just always trouble. And I always felt like, and I'm just being honest, I always felt like I was just a little better than John. Okay? And, and uh, so, and John was just, just... He could just be a punk. We can all, I could be a punk too, but it was just sort of the way it was. But I had no friends that day, and so John was my friend. And so uh, I can't believe I'm telling this story to y'all. I, um, John was over there at the house, and me and John were just chatting and goofing off. And uh, I know y'all never do this. Um, I've never done this before, but we were amongst friends, and we were just chatting and just talking, and my mouth got a little ahead of me. And not that I stuttered, it wasn't that. I did that probably, but um, I started to to just cuss some, just, just to be to be cool. And I was like, oh, you're like, oh, y'all like, it. and so I, I was doing it, and all of a sudden, me as I've said some word, I don't remember what word it was, but I remember it was a bad word we'd never say in my house. I'd never cuss in front of my parents and anything. All of a sudden, I hear my mom's footsteps coming from out of the room into the room. And they aren't this light, touchy footsteps. They're pounding. You know what I'm saying? It's bad. So I am like, <gasps> and my mom comes in and she goes, John, so-and-so, we do not use those words in this house. <laughs> and I'm like, she said, young man, you need to leave right now. And uh, you, y'all can't play for the rest of the day. And my friend, my fourth ranked friend, he took the blow. I didn't tell my mom this until I was like 29. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You wait a long time. She's like, what? 
you know, and you know, if I had Integ Ritzy at the time, I would have said, my mom, it was me, it wasn't a friend, but I didn't really have a lot. And because um, truth be told, I did, first didn't want my mom to beat the tar out, out of me, but also, you know, I felt like I was a little better than that guy. You know, he 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 took the blame, and you know I was still sort of the good kid who who never talked like that. I know y'all have never been in that spot. Y'all 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 never. Um, there's a point to that story, so just sort of hang on to that with me. Who wrote the book of John? John, and John was an uh, apostle. He was an apostle. Now, what other books did John write that are in the New Testament? First John, second John, third John, and Peter. Very good. He had a pseudonym for a couple books. He didn't like to use his main name. He it was um, Revelation. John wrote the book of Revelation. So so he he's written five books in the New Testament. Why do I tell you this stuff when we start to talk about a, a new book? Because I want you to know about the Word. I want you to know how it works and how it fits together. And the more things that we can glint and learn, it, it helps it all to stick. Um, the purpose of his text, do you all remember the purpose of Luke's text? Who, 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 who did Luke write to? Who was he, he writing to? The, the Gospel of Luke. Do you all remember? Was it to Jews or Gentiles? Gentiles. Gentiles. Were, were they the lost or the saved? Believers or unbelievers? Gentile believers is who he, he wrote that book to. And it wasn't so much as to introduce Christ, but it was to encourage their faith. That was sort of the style that Luke wrote with. Now, John, he wrote for this. He wrote for everyone, and he's wanting to introduce them to his Lord and, and Savior. So when there's somebody you talk to throughout your life that goes, man, I've been wanting to read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Start with the book of John. I tell people all the time, hey, I don't know where we start with the book of John. It starts with what? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with John. Word with John. Word with God. The Word was God. And blah, blah, blah. It, wasn't, it was with John too, but we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> so it's, John writes to introduce him to, to Christ. He wants him to know Christ. He wants him to know his Savior. He wants to know about the grace that, that, that God gives. That, that's sort of the style that he writes. Um, now, in the book of John, just to let you know, he, he never calls himself by name in the book of John. Okay? He always calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is how John, four or five times in the book of John, he talks about the, and the disciple whom Jesus loved was there. Um, and so that's the style. Do you all hear an echo? Or is that just me from here? Can you turn something down a little bit? Can you hear me? Yes. yes, that's better. Thank you. Great job, David. You're amazing. Amazing. Um, he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, he was with, with the one disciple who was with Mary when Jesus was crucified on the cross. He's the one that said, Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. When he was dying on the cross, saying, John, you take over the duties. You take care of my mom. Um, so he was fit, 
faithful. Uh, he was one of the three that were very close to Christ uh, and were with them many times. They referred uh, uh, P- Peter, James, and John. James and John were bro- bro- brothers. They were sons of Zeb- 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 Zebedee. They're the two that ask, um, hey, when, when we uh, go to heaven and when you reign, can we sit on your right and your left so that we can sort of reign second? We can be like a, a second tier in charge and not like fourth or fifth tier. So they're, they're great. They're men. They're, they're great men, but they're also human men who sin. So that's that's who John is. So let's we're going to jump in the text, John 8, because we're talking about go. Where did Jesus say go? John 8, verses 1 through 11. And hang with me. Who says, I will hang with you? Two people, three, two, three. Thank you, thank you. You're with me, you're with me. Okay. A guest is with me, but you people. John... Chapter 8, verse 1. We're just going to read through this. Um, and why don't you all stand with me in honor of, of the Holy Word of God. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. Make sure you bring a Bible. If you don't have one, talk to me, please. I would love to put one in your hands for free. All right, John chapter 1. Chapter 8, verse 1. But Jesus went to the mount of olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and and placing her in the midst they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, A woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on sin no more. Let's pray and we're going to continue. Dear God, we thank you for your word, for your text. And Lord, as we just talk about it, uh, may it give you honor and glory. And Lord, may we be a, pe- a people, uh, just a body of believers who obey your word no matter what the cost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, who here has heard that story before, right? It's sort of a story that's a well-known story. Um, I'm going to talk just about part. I don't have time tonight to talk talk about the story as a whole, but I want to want to talk to you about one thing. Um, this woman is thrown in front of a crowd. She's been caught in the act of adultery. The man's not been, been brought forth, just her. We see, we see a lot of flaws in the story of how the crowd should act. And to be fair, the, um, they threw her, why did they throw her in the middle of the crowd? Because she had sinned, right? She had done wrong. Um, but the question is, why did they highlight her sin? Or why do we sometimes highlight other people? sin because I want you to think about the crowd because a lot of times we see someone do something wrong and what's the first thing we do do we go help them or do we talk to someone about it Man, we talk about it awful quick oh can you believe he did that can you believe she 
can, and it's easy. And the question is, why do we talk about it? And, and the root of it is this, man, we just want to look better. Man, we just want to think, man, well, I'm better than that. Just like I thought I was better than that kid that took the hit for me. And he was probably, in truth, had more integrity or, or, or whatever he had than I had. Um, we don't like to look bad. But if I'm honest with you, I can say up front, I do this. Um, there's part of me that wants to undermine, undermine people around me so I look better. It's something I fight against. Because I want Dan to look good. I want folks to go, oh, Dan's a great guy. Dan's really good. And, and sometimes my mouth will say something about some, some, someone else where I've got to stop it from so I don't make myself look better. Uh, sometimes I think I'm better than other people. I think we all do if we're to be honest with ourselves. You know, the truth be told, a lot of times when I start to think I'm better than other people, um, I, I'm out in, in, in in public, and I try to say my name, and I can't say my name, and, uh, and then I feel like I'm less than many people, and God just brings me back to size. My my stutter is a weakness that, in many ways, for my life has become a strength to keep me in check. So take a look at this part right here in verse four again. They they said to him, "Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adult adultery." Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What? So what do you say? Now, this is one part where the crowd is, is right. The law said if you were caught in this, then you, you should be killed, stoned. Everybody understands it's not like you're not like high. It's not stoned with drugs. It's stoned with rocks. Do, do we get that? Now, I need you all to stand up real, real, real quick. And, and sit down for a second, and then I'll get you to stand up. Sorry, that's my bad. Um, understand, it's not like they're taking the, these, the, these rocks and going, got you, got you. They're, they're taking big stones, shoving them that are crushing the face, crushing the, per, the person, and piling on top of them until they're dead. It's a, it's, it's a, a violent, violent deal. But let me remind you of something. This is what I need you to stand up for right, right now. Go ahead and stand up. There's a verse that we've learned and we all know well. If you're a guest here, don't freak out. We're just a bunch of weirdos that are cool, right? Right. So the verse is, is Romans 3, 23, and it says what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? So we've all sinned and come short of the, the glory of God. Make sure we understand this point. This point's important. And the next one is Romans six twenty three that says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? Okay, sit down. Good. We'll go, we'll go through that. Do you understand this point? Okay, because this point is very important. We all sin. Right? Do you understand? Was the, the woman caught in the act of adultery a sinner? Yes or no? This is yes. Was, were the crowd, were the people in the crowd sinners? Okay, what do sinners deserve? Why? Because God's mean? Because God is what? You know the word? Just. He's just. It's, it's, he's righteous. He does what is right. We, sin brings wrong. God is pure and, and, 
and 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 holy. We are not. We, we cannot be right with them because sin has a cost. The pay, payment for sin is what? Death. Death. Okay. Very important part point there. So, have you ever cheated on a test? Huh? Huh? People? What? What? Come on, move more. You ever lusted? Don't raise your hand, but I'm throwing at you anyways. Have you you ever not finished your homework and lied about it or borrowed someone else's? Right? I prayed that God would hit the people who that actually didn't know. All right? What about have you talked about... Sally or insert name behind their back. Okay. Have you lied? Have you lied? Burn, 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 baby. Burn, burn, burn. Oh, are you okay? That almost hurt you. Okay. See, this isn't a game. Have you ever disrespected your parents? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm the best at that. You punks. Punks. Okay? Do you understand this? We deserve death. First point, okay, no more throwing stones or fake stones. There's, there's really nothing. It's just like a permission slip. There's nothing like, oh, I won a prize. <laughs> Fighting people, it's just an old permission slip. Um, they don't miss this point right here in the text because the crowd deserved it and the girl did too. No more of that. Sin carries the death penalty. Sin always carries the death penalty. The, the woman that is thrown in front of Jesus Christ deserved to die for her sin. We think, oh, but that's so cruel. That's what the the cost is. That's what the price. This text is pretty harsh. Um, You know, we we tend to go, oh, I can't believe those guys did that to that woman. But we throw out folks all the time in the 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 middle of a crowd, and um, we sort of treat them the same way. If I were to, I'm going to throw a name out to y'all, and I want you just to don't say anything out loud. But just think, what are the first thoughts that come to your mind about them? First name, I'd say, is Miley Cyrus. First thing you think, okay, I would bet, this is what I think. Wow, poor girl is so messed up. How did she lose her way so bad? She had such a chance. She's a loser. Man, she's a loser. Um, And I am so much better than she is. We almost think that right off the bat. But the question is, in the sight of God, are you? Okay, I hate to tell you the truth, but no, no, you're just like her. Um, sometimes we are all the crowd. You know what I'm saying? We want to throw someone else beneath the bus. Let me throw one more name out there. Some of you might be going, Miley, sorry, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh. Let me throw a name out here. For some of you may may, may have heard it, um, Ray Rice. That's okay. If you knew the first name, stick with the first name. Some of you, that name will have it. You'll go, oh, I'm I'm so much better than than that guy. 
But man, do, do, do not miss the point. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Do not miss that at all. Um, <clears throat> this is some things that we think of the world around us. Uh, I'm not nearly as messed up as they are. I might be a little cr- cr- crazy. Uh, I might tell secrets about someone, but they're really prayer requests. They're not really talking about them. Um, uh, I I might get drunk on the weekends, but I don't get high. I mean, we we always can find a step to make someone. We can find someone who's we can say is worse than us. But but there's excuses. And so just don't miss this point in this text. We are so the crowd. We so don't like to identify ourselves as being the crowd, but we are. Um, So the crowd had one thing right. They knew, according to law, the the woman should die for her sins. Uh, What they missed was that they they should die for their sins as as well. Uh, Here's the good news in the text, part two. The first point is that sin brings death. The next point is this. Through Jesus, there's hope. Okay. Only her being cast in front of him. Do you understand? She could have been thrown in front of anybody else and she would have died that day. But she was thrown in front of Jesus. And only through G- Jesus Christ is there hope. We take it for granted. You, you, you go to church a lot. You hear it all the time. And we just take it for gr- gr- granted. And we miss how maj- majestic this story is. Um. Don't miss the point that, that and, and we'll read some more in the text. To it, let's go ahead and, and jump back into the text. Uh, let's go into verse 6. Uh, this was said to, t- to test him. They said they're supposed to stone her, so what do you say? This was said to test them, test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. We don't know what he wrote. This is one of the rare times we ever see that he ever wrote. Anything, and I would love to know if he was. He wrote. Some people say, ah, he could have been beginning to write names down in the sand and the big that were in the crowd, and then began to write their their sins down uh, to remind them. Who knows what he did? We don't know what, but he began to write in the ground. Verse. Um, Verse 7, as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one. Beginning with those that were older, that first age brings wisdom. Just to let you know, it's not always the case, but that's sort of what is occurring there. Those that were up in their years understood, man, I I am a sinner. And I I can tell you all this, the more I've aged, the more a sinner I've figured out that I am than I used to think I was. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter. It makes sense for me. Um, So in this text, we see they've all sinned. This woman is cast in front of of Christ. She should die for her sins, but she's cast in front of the one person that can save her. And do you understand that Jesus is the the only one that can save you? Uh, All all of us at some time are this woman in the story. We're the ones who are being dragged out into the, the middle of everything and everyone because we've been dealing with some sort of struggle and someone found out about it. Uh, others have pulled off our sin and are pushing it in our faces that we have messed up. I don't know about you, 
uh, I think most of us, by the time we get to be some youth age, we've, we've had a time when we've been exposed. Our sin has been exposed, whether our parents caught us, um, whether we, I, I could tell a lot of stories I won't, uh, me sneaking out of the house and getting caught and all sorts of things where I was busted, cold busted. And it is an awful feeling. Do you all understand when the moment you know you're caught and you're, what you did was wrong? Man. And this woman, just try to relate to her a little bit because she's, ex- she's exposed. She's thrown out. She knows she's guilt- guilty. She's vul- 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 vulnerable in front of them all. And she's there in front of Christ. I want you all to look at this verse. I've just got it on the screen. You don't have to turn there. It's in Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. It, it, it referred to, I mean, it just made me think of the story and then what, what grace... Christ does in her life right here and what he does for us. It says that in him, that means Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. Uh, In him, redemption, forgiveness of sin, God's grace that he lavished. Have you ever had someone lavish something uh, uh, upon you? To 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 lavish means to go over the top. To go, I mean, you've just asked them to clean your windshield of your car, and they've they have washed it, they've waxed it, they've done the tires, they filled it up with gas, and they have just they have just taken care of you. Have you ever had had that that feeling? If not, man, it's a good feeling. And I want you. Well, one day you might have. Maybe not. Might be better than you. Um, who here likes NASCAR? Yes. Seven people. That was more than I thought. Yeah, everybody's going, oh, yeah. Go left. <laughs> Go left. <laughs> okay. I like NASCAR. I, I like to watch. I like it. I really fell in love with it because of my dad. And um, and when you go up there and the, the cars are so loud that your nose begins to bleed because it's just so awesome. It's just nothing like a real NASCAR race and to be there. And I've been there. I've gone to the tracks where I've sat in the stands. And I've, I've seen, like, I've, I've seen, like, you know, sat in the stands amongst their fans. Now, let me so tell you something about NASCAR fans. NASCAR fans are like no other fans in the world. None other. I mean, their average teeth is like eight, uh, and is the average if you take like uh, the, that set of stands. Yeah, I remember seeing just a pretty girl sitting there, and she turned and smiled. Dear Lord, it was just the scariest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Okay, <laughs> honest, honest, honestly. And um, but there's something you see at a NASCAR race you see nowhere else, and that is. You know, before every race, they pray in the name of Jesus Christ at every race. And at the end of that prayer, everybody has got already got their hats off and on their heart. They raise that beer and they say, Amen, spit that dip. So it's a very confusing atmosphere. I don't really say it's all done correctly, but I'm glad they do some things right. But a lot of times, you're in the stands for sometimes five hours, six hours. It's hot. A lot of folks don't know what this stuff is. No deodorant. They don't even know what soap is. So it's an atmosphere that is very intense to say the least. And so we, um, we, we've gone to that. But can I tell you, I go to the Atlanta track. My dad knows a guy who owns a condo that's on the track. 
So it's a two-bedroom condo. It's on the top floor. It's the penthouse suite. And you go in there. Now, for the past 12 years or 13 years, I've been going to this place with my dad. Now my boys are getting to go with me. And if you go, you're in. Uh, the, the room is as big as th- this room here, and there's a pane glass from the floor about six feet above this that, that bows out that, that way. And if you look down, you see a, some of the little fans and the little stands, and then you see the tr- you're over the track, and you see the whole track from this. And there's some stairs because the panel suite, you can go to the, the roof, and you can watch it from the roof, and you can smell the, 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 the dirt and the tires and the NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so you go down. If you're hot, you go inside because the AC, you're spoiled. Man, we are lavished. I go to, the, to, to this, and it's lavished upon me. Do you understand in the text here in uh, Ephesians 7 and 8, it's talking about the grace that God gives is lavished. It's not just that it's just enough to get you by. It is so much more than you could ever ask for. For your sins past, for your sins present. Present, it takes care of you all the way. Now, first point is sin brings death. The next point is through Jesus, there's hope. Only through Jesus, there's hope. The third point is this following Jesus equals freedom. Okay, following Jesus equals freedom. Now, not a worldly freedom. I can do what I want whenever I want to. But, man, it's a freedom from the weight of sin. And I don't know, I think we've all had sin in our life. And it's a burden that wears you out. You will not win. You will always lose. And it's a freedom from that that cannot be explained by this world. Look here in in verse um, uh, 10. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, a woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, uh, and from now on, sin no more. Now, do you think this, this, this woman went for the rest of her life and never sinned again? I don't know about you, but man... <laughs> It's hard, but what he said is this, hey, you know the pattern of sin? Because sometimes, and I wrote it here, um, there's two things. We have sin in our life, and we have a sinful lifestyle. Okay, There's two different things. We have sin in our life. We, we, we struggle with sin, but we fight against it. But we're, we're, we're trying to seek God in this, and we, 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 we confess it, and we, we grow, and do, we do better, and we fight through it. There's sin in our life. Sin's always going to be in your life. Your flesh is going to fight for it. But then there's a sinful lifestyle, and that's where your life is all about sin. That's what you're doing. You've given up the fight, and you're just living in sin. Okay, so he's saying he's saying go and sin no more. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have thoughts. You're going to have you're going to get mad. You're going to and you're going to need to confess that to God and draw back to Him. But don't go down that road where you know it's rebellion. It's totally against Him because that's going to enslave you one once once more. Okay, so let me share this just to wrap wrap this up. So say you understand these truths. You know that sin brings death. You understand that only through, through, through Christ can, 
can we have hope? And you know that following Christ brings freedom. Uh, Three steps right here to overcoming sin. Let me just share these three things as we wrap up. First is um, know the consequences. Okay? First thing, it's just in one word, think. When a choice comes to you, think. Because all sin have has consequences. Uh, and you go, well, when I'm weighing something, how do I know what to do if it's right or wrong? And this is, this is a great, easy thing. When you say yes to sin, do you know you say no to God? But when you say yes to God, you say no to sin. Okay? Follow God. Don't sin. Don't follow God. Sin. Think about the consequences of your sin because this, you can't undo them and they don't just disappear. Uh, Be reminded of the lavishing of God's grace in your life. Point number two. So first of all, think. Second, get accountability. You've got to have friends around you. And can I tell you this? I've talked to many guys. Guys, I think you you need more than one friend. Girls need more than one friend to keep you accountable. Because so many times I've seen two friends go, man, we are going to beat this. We're going to knock through this and make it through it. And you both do good for a while, but then you crash. But if you get a, a group three or four or five of you that work together and are, are fighting, you will stand much better. Well, where can I get that from? Let me give a suggestion. We have small groups starting Sunday of, the, of this week. You, you can get a few things out of small groups. One thing, you can get a men, 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 mentor, someone who is older than you, grounded in the Word, who, who wants to help to teach you and guide you with the Word of God. Uh, a mentor. Also, you have peers around you that are hopefully, as you come to that small group, you all strive to um, to follow Christ. If they don't strive, can I tell you this? If you've got a friend that's in this group that doesn't strive to follow Christ, sweep their legs out and hit them in the head with your elbow. Honestly, okay, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I want you to do that. Knock some sense into them. Tell them, tell them to, hey, grow up. It's not you're here. There's a point. You need to speak truth into your friends' lives. You, I can do it all day, but can I tell you this? Y'all hide stuff from me all the time. Oh, hey, Pastor Dad. Shut up, Mom. Hey, good to see you, Pastor Dad. Okay, y'all hide stuff from me. Or you try to. Okay. <laughs> Friends, friends, if you're really friends, call your friends out. Don't like do it in a big group. Hey, no, don't do it in a big, first do it, do it one-on-one. And if they don't respond, grab a few friends, think the same way and go, hey, are you going to do something about this? Intervention. Intervention. Accountability. Hey, we need accountability. We all need it in our lives. Third thing is this, and be a doer. B, when the Word of God says do something, great advice. Don't think, oh, I don't know if God's speaking to me about this. If you hear it from the Word of God about doing His will, about to, to obey, to sacrifice, to seek Him, do it. You've got to act. Think, be ac- accountable, and, and, and act. And, and one last thought here. Jesus said, go and sin no more. Man, it's hard. It's a fight. Last week we talked about compassion. Having compassion. And I hope when you went to school this past week that you looked around your school with compassionate eyes of those that are beat down around you that are hurt. That you walked around your neighborhood or wherever you are. Maybe you walked around the youth group 
And I would I'd hate to, to think that that stuff could be here, but can I, I'm, I'm not dumb. I know folks come here, and sometimes they get hurt here. Man, look around, protect, have compassion. Go and have compassion. Go and do likewise in here. Go and sin no more. Man, fight against it. Get out of that way. Talk to someone about it. Because can I tell you, it's not fun. It's not fun to, to live in sin. Uh, and God has so much more for us. Let's pray.